0: America, my name is Amiose Frimpong, I come to you live every Monday and Thursday, and today's the political show. On Thursday and Monday, I talk more about relationships, but when I talk about relationships, I just don't give dating advice, because I find that that's small with respect to the problems with relationships in America. I give relationship advice in terms of, like, how to date with the idea that you want to marry and not end up divorced. (laughs) which is actually, I think, more important than the guys who give dating advice who are just trying to get you laid. I'm actually trying to get you married and not divorced. Um, And, you know, make your life a little bit better that way. Anyway, so that's Monday. Thursday, I do the political show. Today, we're going to talk about how liberals are bad at all institutions, including the family, and it's not an accident. Um, And I'll clarify the terms as we go. I just hope you appreciate the show. So let me just get going. So... In pre-modern times, it used to be the case that you're either the religious authority or your family dictated how you were productive, a, a productive member of society. If you came from smiths, you became a smith. If you came from farmers, you became a farmer. If you came from coopers, you became a cooper. <laughs> you know, someone who works with metal. Um, so that's why we get the last names, blah, 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 blah. So what you did, how you put were pro, your productive identity in society was determined by your lineage, by your family, right? Or could have been determined by a religious authority. Once again, outside of your own determination, outside of like what you wanted to do, and so you weren't equal in in deciding the scheme of production. You did whatever your family. W- Um, told you to do and or whatever you know the religious authority told you to do and that was like manifestly unjust because it produced a lot of unfreedom so what happens when we democratize productive assets and then let people just kind of figure out what they want from the society and what they can produce for the society through the market that seems like a better way right and this is what kind of the advent this is a, a just advent of um, economic and political liberalism. right? What happens if everyone's equal and we just hash this out through the market in that way, instead of producing and consuming what you are told to do because of your last name or who your parents were, or because of what the church tells you to do, instead, you just had, a, you know, a, a, a share of like authority over some goods, and then you produced based on like this share of assets, based on this land you have, based on what other people happen to want. So it was more flexible production and more flexible consumption. And the market like kind of like infused a kind of dynamism into life relative to uh, pre-modern sensibilities. It seemed to free the production from the, the influence of the, the lineage um, or their religion and so like that's how market liberalism became identified with a quality of freedom you no longer had to do what your parents did you can now do whatever society needed on in the terms worked out through the market between you and society All right um, so that seems like a good thing right it is right up until it doesn't have a place for families or religion anymore, right? So, it used to, so when schemes of production used to um, overtake the individual will about in terms of what the person was to do with their life and how to produce for the community and how to receive our accommodated goods and services from the community, when the family used to overdetermine that, that was bad. That was a form of unfreedom. But then, when we take away all, like the family power to determine how you're supposed to produce and consume in society and it's just all about the individual then you don't need families anymore so this is one reason why liberals don't understand why you need families right and so there'll be there'll be a lot of liberal policies that for example policies that want to help the children we want to help the children and so they'll just try to advocate for government to give policies to children (laughs) give political goods to children but it may be the case, and there are reasons to believe that the best way to help children is to empower, you know, parents and then let the parents help the children. Right? And not abstract children from their parents, but actually help the marriage of the parents, help the family, and then have that family minister to the child. So that would that would be a different way of kind of thinking about how to do problems. One would be anti-family pro-children. The other one would be both pro-children by means of the family. I think the latter is more consistent with freedom. Right? So why do liberals hate institutions? Well, institutions require for them to be what they are, you to conduct yourself in a certain way. Right? For me to participate in a game of soccer, I have to conduct myself in a certain way. I can't just do what I want even if I don't make up the rules. I didn't make up the rules of soccer, but if I wanna play soccer, and if I want, in, and if anyone wants to play soccer with me, I have to abide by certain rules, even if I don't agree with the rules. This is what liberals have a problem with because they think that people should be able to do what they want to. If I'm a soccer player and I wanna use my hands, if I really, really want to, that means a person who's keeping me from using my hand is an oppressor. All soccer is oppression. Um, I should want to use my hands if I really, really want to. Why shouldn't I be able to do what I want to? So so an an ethical institution is an institution that's held together by the conduct of the members uh, within that institution. And it can't sustain itself as being what it is if the members don't conduct themselves in a certain way. Right. So I need people to behave in a way that upholds this certain institution based on rules that they didn't necessarily decide um, and don't really feel like obeying. And now you can see how institutional living is fundamentally illiberal um, insofar as liberals think that they should do what they want when they want to because they want to. And, And... yeah, so that was the general argument. I'm gonna come back and be a little bit more specific after I hit the beat. To the beat, yeah. Sound good to me. Never change the ways for the world of the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me. I paint the White House black and ain't no future in your front. So liberals aren't the hugest fans of families because families are ethical institutions and ethical institutions are what they are only if people adopt rules that they might not have unilateral say over um, um, constructing, right? In In order to be a member of the family, like it's not up to your will at the moment. And part of the peculiar virtue of family relationships is that you're in them regardless of your immediate concerns, or um, aspirations, you can't really break that, right? So when you're married, when you're in a marriage, you're in a covenant, so that there's a peculiar kind of freedom that can only come when you forsake your ability for an easy exit, and liberals can't understand a freedom that doesn't also include an easy exit. Uh, so that is, if you if you're saying that I get a freedom because there's no exit. Uh, that's not something that they can understand. That's 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 anathema. Um, and insofar as the U.S. Constitution is supposed to vouchsafe and protect all expressions of freedom, it has to exp- uh, protect this peculiar variety of freedom that requires, like, forsaking easy options and exits, right? And that's the freedom of the family. Now, you'll think that liberals are liberals are great about families. For example, they wanted. You know, they even wanted gay marriage, gay people to marry. And I, I support gay marriage, but not for the same reason they do. They support gay marriage because uh, they don't believe in marriage. Um, and it just seems cool to not to let the gays do it. But they, don't, um, they think marriage is just an expression of love. Well, it's an expression of a kind of ethical love. It's a feeling where the other person, you feel the other person is a part of you in a way that can't be separated from you. So what happens to you happens to them. And what happens to them happens to you. But it's an ethical feeling, which means that like you can't just feel different and conduct yourself differently when you just kind of wake up and decide that like, well, you know, I guess I'm not in love with you anymore. Right? So there's this idea. Um, so the right actually has a structural advantage, because they don't have to actually think through these issues. They can respect families as a matter of tradition and convention, and they can respect, you know, churches as a matter of tradition and convention. Liberals, the left, if they're going to resuscitate these institutions, have to actually justify them, not by tradition and convention, but actually justify them as institutions of freedom. So we have to actually, this is why I, you know, one of the reasons why I do this show, is I want to give people a more robust conception of freedom that is realized through institutional constraints, right? Not all poetry is blank verse. Blank verse is a kind of poetry, but there's also a different kind of poetry that can only happen if you have a meter, if you have a if, 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 different kind of freedom that can only happen through constraints and publicly um, publicized constraints. And also it's important, if we're gonna talk about freedom and governance, constraints that we have, Um worked out through a process that decides the laws of the land, right? So you don't want the laws of the land imposed on you by others. You want them to be limits that you give yourself, but you give yourself in conversation with everybody else. So they're not going to be unilateral, right? So liberals will say that freedom is going to be this unilateral subjective action um, and that everyone should be able to, to engage in, in all institutions. I think a more robust Actually, that's, that's a kind of tyranny. That's the tyranny of the flake. The tyranny who, of the flake who says that they can, they'll meet you for dinner, but then five minutes before you're supposed to meet them to dinner just decides that, I don't want to do it. How dare you expect me to meet you for dinner just because I said I was going to do it? We've all had friends who have been upset at us for expecting them to say and do the things that they said that they were going to do and say. Why, how dare you expect me to, to do the thing I told you I was going to do? And they don't understand how them being a flake actually is a problem for your freedom. Anyway, um, liberals hate families because families are institutions, are ethical institutions. And to be a part of an ethical institution, that's an institution that can only be what it is because the members conduct themselves in a certain way and don't conduct themselves in a different way. And liberals will say that you should be able to conduct yourself in any way you want to because you want to. And that's what freedom is. Um, and the answer to this is it has to be some form of there's a different kind of that is a kind of freedom that is a variety of freedom that's found in the marketplace that's a good freedom and and a, a constitution that supports freedom should definitely support that kind of freedom but there's another kind of freedom that can only come from forsaking easy exits and that and knowing that the other person is working out working it out with you and is unified with you in that way and we can't let the market freedom be a predator or a parasite on this other kind of freedom. They have to be um, uh, mediated politically so that they can both coexist in a nation that supports all freedom in all of its guises, right? Self-determination in all of its guises, But So I hope this helps clarify why liberals are really bad at institutions. They'll hollow out any institutions because they don't understand the quality of freedom that can only come from constraints. And the real self-determination in terms of governance comes in being able, being an equal participant in working out the constraints, not in getting rid of constraints, but in working out those constraints. And in families, the constraints are actually laced with love, and they're laced with a feeling, so it's not just you know, a third party regulator, it's actually you feel unified with the other person. And so, um, yeah, I, I hope this is a clarificatory um, statement. And if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. I, in my illiberal takes, It's not as, uh, you know, it's not particularly popular with some people who think that they should be able to do what they want to when they want to because they want to, and, you know, people get offended. So I need you to make sure that everything, the lights stay on and everything keeps working here by going to to www.funkyacademic.com and kicking $5, $15, $50 an hour, not an hour, $5, $15, $50 uh, a month to keep me doing what i'm doing and i i think if you keep listening to the shows or go back and listen to the shows your life might be better um yeah, your life might be better i don't want you to squander your life a lot of people squander their life for lack of wisdom so i try to give you the wisdom in you know 15 to 20 minute bites every week twice a week and uh i for the sake of i'm trying to save you a divorce and a lot of heartache and confusion about your relationships and uh you know some people try to get you to win relationships based on mercenary conditions i'm trying to tell you that you should probably not have um conditions on uh uh, relationships on mercenary conditions because if you're if your marriage or relationship is just held together by a mercenary condition for example your income what happens when someone else with a bigger income happens (laughs) like occurs also your relationships should probably not be held together by outcomes like science Well, you know, marriages should stay together because the kids from marriages, intact marriages, do better. But what happens when another study comes out and we find out that happiness increases if you leave your spouse for someone who earns more money? Or we find out that, uh, you know, it's better for the kids if we just take poor, if rich people can just yank out poor people's kids. And well, remember, it's a poor parent's fault for being poor and raise them as if they're own. And we do. And if you really cared about kids, you would support bills that would allow people in the top 10% to just, like, uh, uh, at their discretion, take the kids from people at the bottom 10%. Right? So what happens when there's a study that shows that? Right. So you need arguments that don't that aren't based on on outcomes that are abstracted from the process. But you also need to think through what a just process looks like right? So liberalism emerged, we uh, recap the video real quick, liberalism emerged as a response to pre-modern society where your productive role was dictated by your family lineage or the religious authority. They said no, instead we should be able to decide our productive role in society, how we spend our time based on what we think we can do worked out in the marketplace. The problem is that that's anti-family because, um, you don't get to choose and pick and return your mama, right? I can't just say, hey, mama, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit you and update with a newer model that, that, that makes better cookies, right? <laughs> you kids don't get, people don't get to say that. And fundamentally, parenting is a fundamentally illiberal um, uh, enterprise. And so this is one reason why liberals make horrible parents. You're preparing the kids for freedom. That doesn't mean allowing them to be free in every moment um, that, that would, that creates awful kids. (laughs) My kids get, actually, they, I I was about to say, my kids get nothing that they want, but I'm so consistent in, in my negations that it's actually deformed their wants. So they get quite a bit, few things that they want, but they just don't have the wants of, you know, less cultured kids. Um, so there's something fundamentally illiberal in parenting, and that's why, you know, liberals are a bad, parents, but most importantly, they hate families because families are institutions, are ethical institutions where the conduct of the members actually has to be constrained by something other than a liberal impulse, something other than their individual will. It has to be constrained by rules that are are dictated outside of their individual will at the moment, right? It has to be um, constrained by, either a marriage has to be constrained by, you know, the other partner, concerned with the other partner, Um, uh, feelings and aspirations. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So an ethical institution is an institution that is what it is because of the particular specific conduct of its members. And if the members don't act in that specific way, then the ethical institution can't obtain. The problem is that what if the members don't want to act in that certain way? The liberal doesn't have a, an excuse. So the left needs to come up with a justification for ethical institutions insofar as they have to say these ethical institutions are particular forms of self-determination. And if you just liberalize all these ethical institutions, nobody can be and determine themselves as the kind of thing. And I always use, I use the soccer analogy because when I play soccer, and I think about soccer and I teach my kids soccer. And, that's, and it's the idea that you have to account for why the person can't use their hands, even if they really, 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 really want to. And the liberalizing force will say like, well, why don't we just let them use their hands? They really, really want to, and it'll make them happy. But if we let that person use their hands, nobody else can play soccer. So if anybody, if the self-determination of the person who wants to use their hands, but they also want to be a soccer player, if we want them to be able to be a soccer player, we have to not only forsake their using hands, we have to forsake everybody else's using hands, and we have to police that conduct. Right, So that's how um, institutions are fundamentally and patently illiberal because they depend on specific conduct and marking a conduct good versus bad based on how it serves this organizational mission. Right? And they, they have a, the self-determined pegged to that concern. That's right? not the only form of self-determination, but it's a form that's worth preserving. Right, so there's certain kinds of, um, there's a certain kind of freedom you can only have with someone who's forsaken the ability to leave you. That's not a freedom that liberals understand, but it's got to be a freedom that the left, in as the left wants to be relevant and support all um, varieties of freedom, needs to actually take some, take seriously. All right, thank you for your time. I'm going to cut. Uh, hang out with my wonderful t- children. And uh, I will see you Monday talking about something completely different. One of these days, I'll get to an affirmative action show. By the way, I talked about affirmative action a little bit on a podcast yesterday, uh, Brianna Joy Gray's Bad Faith podcast. And I'm going to talk about families next week on the 26th, whenever the 26th is. I guess that might be in two weeks. Um, in two weeks, I'm going on uh, Counterpoints with Emily Jaczynski and, and Ryan Grimm. And we're going to talk about uh, why. We're pretty much going to talk about this. This is kind of a test run about why liberals are bad at families. Because it seems that, you know, at least Democrats have policies that are more family-friendly. But if they have policies that are more family-friendly, something like the child tax credit. Why are they so bad at families? I'm going to tell them why they're so bad. <laughs> why are they so bad at talking about families? I'm going to tell them why. And it's because we're bad at talking about freedom. Now, the right has a structural advantage because they don't have to actually make arguments based on freedom for the family they can make them based on tradition they can make it based on outcomes they can make it based on all of these other things the left has a different challenge because those same traditions have justified racism and, and so like we can't just lean on well tradition says so like the right can and you know and we can't just lean on the science and the outcomes like the right can because that same science and outcomes can justify all sorts of like well you know it's a safer the, the, I have a study that says if we just throw all black people who parents don't make $20,000 a year in prison, like the crime rates will go down. So we need to actually justify it in a way that's not just tradition and outcomes based, but as a matter of right. And so I've, I've tried to give you a framing and I'll put an article in here. I'll put an article in the description that where I go over some of these moves and I actually justify the nuclear family, not just families in general, but I justify the nuclear family um, uh, as an institution of freedom. So we can't rely, these arguments are very important if you're serious about a better left America. We can't justify based on tradition. We can't just justify based on social science outcomes. We have to, we have to build our arguments grounded in the conditions of self-determination and the variegated conditions of self-determination because the freedom of a family is going to be different than the freedom of a market. Um, is is going to be different, um, than the freedom of the market. So thank you for your time. I will talk to you next week. Peace.